0: Several of the brethren and I recently visited a few of the refugee centers in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas, where the devastated and displaced victims of Hurricane Katrina were staying as they they began to try to put their lives back together. Their stories and situations are tragic and poignant in many ways. But in all that I heard, what touched me the most was the crying out for family. Where's my mother? I can't find my son. I've lost a sister. These were hungry, frightened people who had lost everything and needed food, medical attention, and help of all kinds. But what they wanted and needed most were, was their families. Crisis or transition? of any kind reminds us of what matters most. In the routine of life, we often take our families, our parents, and children, and siblings for granted. But in times of danger and need and change, there is no question that what we care about most is our families. It will be even more so when we leave this life and enter into the spirit world. Surely the first people we will seek to find there will be father, mother, spouse, children, and siblings. I believe the mission statement for mortality might be to build an eternal family. Here on this earth, we strive to become part of extended families with the ability to create and form our own part of those families. That is one of the reasons our Heavenly Father has sent us here. Not everyone will find a companion and have a family in mortality. But everyone, regardless of individual circumstances, is a precious member of God's family. Brothers and sisters, this year marks the 10th anniversary of the Proclamation to the World on the Family, which was issued by the First Presidency in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles in 1995. It was then and is now a clarion call to protect and strengthen families, and a stern warning in a world where declining values and misplaced priorities threaten to destroy society by undermining its basic unit. The proclamation is a prophetic document not only because it was issued by prophets, But because it was ahead of its time, it warns against many of the very things that have threatened and undermined families during the last decade and calls for the priority and the emphasis families need if they are to survive in an environment that seems ever more toxic to traditional marriage and to parent-child relationships. The Proclamation's clear and simple language stands in stark contrast to the confused and convoluted notions of a society that can't even agree on a definition of a family, let alone supply the help and support parents and families need. You're familiar with such words from the Proclamation as these, marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of God. Gender is an essential characteristic of individual, premortal, mortal, and eternal identity and purpose. Husband and wife have a solemn responsibility to love and care for each other and for their children. Children are entitled to birth within the bonds of matrimony and to be reared by a father and a mother who honor marital vows with complete fidelity. The d- disintegration of the family will bring upon individuals, communities, and nations the calamities foretold by ancient and modern prophets. And the last words of the proclamation express the simple truth that the family is the fundamental unit of society. Today I call upon members of the Church and all committed parents, grandparents, and extended family members everywhere to hold fast to this great proclamation, to make it a banner not unlike General Moroni's title of liberty, and to commit ourselves to live by its precepts. As we are all part of a family, the proclamation applies to everyone. Public opinion surveys indicate that people everywhere in the world generally consider the family as the highest priority, yet in recent years the broader culture seems to ignore or misdefine the family. Consider some of the changes of the past decade. Many larger national and international institutions that used to support and strengthen families now try to supplement and even sabotage the very families they were created to serve. In the name of tolerance, the definition of family has been expanded beyond recognition to the point that family can be any individuals of any gender who live together with or without commitment or children or attention to consequence. Rampant materialism and selfishness delude many into thinking that families, and especially children, are a burden and a financial millstone that will hold them back rather than sacred privilege that will teach them to become more like God. And yet most parents throughout the world continue to know both the importance and the joy that are attached to natural families. Friends of mine who just returned from speaking the families and parents in several continents, reported to me that the hopes and concerns of parents are remarkably similar throughout the earth. In India, a concerned Hindu mother said, all I want is to be a bigger influence on my children than the media and the peer group. And a Buddhist mother in Malaysia said, I'd like my boys to be able to operate in the world but I don't want them to be of the world. Parents from all different cultures and faiths are saying and feeling the same things we are as parents in the Church. The world needs to know what the proclamation teaches, because the family is the basic unit of society, of the economy, of our culture, and of our government. And as Latter-day Saints know, family will also be the basic unit in the celestial kingdom. In the Church, our belief in the overriding importance of families is rooted in restored doctrine. We know the sanctity of families in both directions of our eternal existence. We know that before this life, we lived with our Heavenly Father as part of His family and we know that family and relationships can endure beyond death. If we live and act upon this knowledge, we will attract the world to us. Parents who place a high priority on their families will gravitate to the Church because it offers the family structure, values, doctrine, and the eternal perspective that they seek and cannot find elsewhere. Our family-centered perspective should make Latter-day Saints strive to be the best parents in the world. It should give us enormous respect for our children, who truly are our spiritual siblings, and it should cause us to devote whatever time is necessary to strengthen our families. Indeed, nothing is more critically connected to happiness both our own and that of our children, than how well we love and support one another within the family. President Harold B. Lee spoke of the church as a crucial scaffolding that helps build individual and families. The church is the kingdom of God on earth, but the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of heaven, families will be both the source of our eternal progress and joy and the order of our Heavenly Father. As we're often reminded, we will be released one day from our Church callings. But if we're worthy, we will never be released from our family relationships. Joseph F. Smith said, There can be no genuine happiness separate and apart from the home. and every effort made to sanctify and preserve its influence, is uplifting to those who toil and sacrifice for its establishment. Men and women often seek to substitute some other life for that of the home. They would make themselves believe that the home means restraint, that the highest liberty is the fullest opportunity to move about at will. There is no happiness without service. There is no service greater than that which converts the home into a divine institution and which promotes and preserves family life." Quote. Now one may ask, how do we protect and preserve and strengthen our homes and families in a world pulling so hard in opposite directions? Let me make three simple suggestions. First, be consistent in holding, holding daily family prayer and weekly family home evenings. Both of these invite the Lord's Spirit and provides the help and power we need as parents and family leaders. The Church curriculum and magazines have many good ideas for family home evening. Also consider holding a family testimony meeting where parents and children can express their beliefs and feelings to each other in a private and personal setting. Second, teach the gospel and basic values in your home. Establish a love for reading the scriptures together. Too many of our parents are abdicating this responsibility to the Church. While seminary, auxiliaries, and priesthood corms are important as a supplement to parental gospel instruction, the main responsibility rests in the home. You might want to choose one gospel subject or a family value, and then watch for opportunities to teach it. Be wise and do not involve children or yourselves in so many activities out of the home that you are so busy that the Spirit of the Lord cannot be recognized or felt in giving you the promised guidance for yourselves and your family. And third. Create meaningful family bonds that give your children an identity stronger than that they can find with their peer group or at school or any place else. This can be done through family traditions for birthdays, for holidays, for dinner time, and for Sundays. It can also be done through family policies and rules with natural and well-understood consequences. Have a simple family economy where children have specific chores or household duties and receive praise or other reward commensurate to how well they do. Teach them the importance of avoiding debt and of earning, saving, and wisely spending money. Help them learn responsibility for their own temporal and spiritual self-reliance. In today's world where Satan's aggression against the family is so prevalent, Parents must do all they can to fortify and defend their families, but their efforts may not be enough. Our most basic institution of family desperately needs help and support from the extended family and the public institutions that surround us. Brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, grandparents, and cousins can make a powerful difference in the lives of children. Remember that the expression of love and encouragement from an extended family member will often provide the right influence and help a child at a very critical time. The Church itself will continue to be the first and foremost institution, the scaffolding, as it were, to help build strong families. I can assure you that those who lead the Church have great concern about the well-being of your families, and thus you will see increasing efforts to prioritize and to focus on family needs. But as your leaders, we call upon members of the Church everywhere to put family first and to identify specific ways to strengthen their individual families. Further, we call upon all public institutions to examine themselves and to do less that might harm families and more that will help them. We call upon the media to offer more that promotes traditional family values and is uplifting and supporting of families unless that popularizes immorality and materialism. We call upon government and political leaders to put the needs of children and parents first and to think in terms of family impact in all legislation and policymaking. We call upon internet providers and website creators to become more responsible regarding their potential for influence and adopt the conscious objective of protecting children from violence, pornography, filth, and sleaze. We call upon educational entities to teach universal values, and family and parenting skills, supporting parents in their responsibility to raise children to become the leaders of families and generations yet to come. We call upon our own Church members to reach out and love to neighbors and friends of other faiths and include them in the use of the many resources the Church has to help families. Our communities and neighborhoods will be safer and stronger as people of all faiths work together to strengthen families. It is important to remember that all all larger units of society depend on the smallest and most fundamental unit, the family. No matter who or what we are, we help ourselves when we help families. Brothers and sisters, as we hold up, like a banner, the proclamation to the world on the family, and as we live and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, we will fulfill the measure of our creation here on earth. We will find peace and happiness here and in the world to come. We should not need a hurricane or other crisis to remind us of what matters most. The gospel and the Lord's plan of happiness and salvation should remind us, what matters most is what lasts longest, and our families are for eternity. Of this I testify in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.